My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. And we are live with The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for spending your very valuable time. If you don't feel your time is valuable, I know your time is valuable. Come see me. I can help you with that. But that's another topic. Actually, that is this topic. That is the entire reason I have this show. Um, interestingly, I have some clients right now that are struggling with how to prioritize and value their own time because it's really about valuing yourself and prioritizing yourself and self-respect. And the lack of that leads to all sorts of things. And uh, that may or may not come up in our call today. I have a fabulous guest with me today. I'm very excited to introduce you to him. Uh, if this is your first time joining me, then by all means, welcome. Uh, this Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew is a space where I can really leave a bit of a blank slate. And our, my guest and I were just talking about uh, whether to have a more structured conversation or really just more of a flow. And my preference is always a flow because after almost 20 years of doing intensive personal development work and work with really identifying reality, I find that there's a lot of trust that I have now in the flow. I trust that it takes me to the right place. It always does. It never lets me down. And so that's really the format that I like to take. So that's what you're going to hear a bunch of today um, with my guest, Michael Fleischner. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining me. The feeling is mutual, Domini. So glad to be here. So glad to be talking to your listeners. And uh, I'm with you. Let's let's just get in the flow and we'll see where it takes us. That's really what it's about, I find. And I another thing that I tend to, to um, say a bunch to my clients or find myself saying to clients is that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so if flow is something that is difficult for you, you may already hate this conversation. Stick with it. It's good for you. Uh, because, you know, I find that is, that's just how I, I run my, uh, my system now. It's how I make my decisions. I'm really following that something greater that I am uh, incredibly grateful to have been taught how to tap into, uh, and to be able to teach that work to others. But today I want to focus on you, Michael. Um, we have met fairly recently. Uh, we haven't had a lot of experience with each other. We kind of just, uh, started talking and lit up a little bit in the same kind con- of first conversation and 20 minutes in, I was like, I like you. I li- would you want to be on my podcast? Like, you wanna- <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is great. Um, yeah. So for, for people who are just meeting you now, uh, can you give us a little bit more uh, about you? Who are you? Uh, what do you do? What is your specialty? Uh, what really lights you up? What would you say your gift is that you, that you bring to the world? Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We have so many layers, right? And when people ask us, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, um, you know, that's always a challenge because I like to make it relevant to the audience or the people I'm speaking to. And, you know, just in terms of my background, 
I'm a marketing guy. That's what I've done for 20 years. Uh, I was in corporate marketing. First, I was kind of an entrepreneur. Then I was in corporate marketing. And then I got tired of you know working for the man, started my own business, uh, exited that business, went back into corporate marketing. Now I have my own business again. So you know, it's it's a journey. And uh, I like following my passion, whatever that happens to be. So currently, I, I run a company called Big Fin SEO. We're a digital marketing agency here on the East Coast. Uh, we've got Fortune 500 clients all the way down to mom and pop uh, clients, but that really keeps me energized and I love it. Uh, I also uh, am the co-founder of a software product called Report Hopper. And Report Hopper is designed for agencies and freelancers who need to provide digital marketing reports to clients. Uh, it's an inexpensive yet highly versatile and effective solution uh, that we created, my business partner and I, because we needed it. We needed a reporting solution. And, um, you know, uh, I think what makes me relevant um, today, at least a passion of mine, is really sharing my experience of trying to find myself over the last 20 years. And just kind of a funny, I don't know if it's funny. Um, it's funny for me now that I look back at it, but I remember working in corporate America and making a shit ton of money and being completely unfulfilled and mm. miserable. Mm. And, you know, you get to a certain point in your career where it's like, well, what else am I going to do? Um, hey, I, you know, spent all this time building my career. I'm a corporate guy. And how can I make myself happy? Like I struggled with that for so many years and it's a very insular approach, right? Instead of kind of taking a step back and saying, well, there's more that goes into happiness than telling yourself you're happy. Although that's important, right? You do mm -hmm. need to do that. You need to be uh, gentle in your self-talk, mm -hmm. but you know, it was my environment. It was the people who I was interacting with. It was the approach I was taking with certain things. And it wasn't believing in myself, ultimately. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like you go to the doctor, I've got a pain when I do this. And the doctor says, well, don't do this. And, <laughs> right. And, and it's that kind of idea that, you know, we, people have a tendency to, it's the measure of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And oftentimes it takes someone like you, a coach, a mentor, a guide to say, stop, just stop and take a look at what you're doing, you know, how you're thinking about things, how you're talking about things and, um, you know, just be. And uh, we'll get into this over, over the conversation, I'm sure, Dominique. But, you know, when you and I connected, I think one of the reasons why there was that instant connection is because I went through this period in my life where I was feeling very unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, and I'll tell the story if, if you think listeners would be interested, but, you know, I found a coach who um, helped me just be. And it's funny, uh, Len Wright is the coach, highly recommend uh, for people who have businesses and are kind of struggling with their business. Uh, but he's also a life coach and, and he really helped me explore uh, what I was going through and ultimately learn how to be. And realizing that you are enough, you're more than enough, you've always been enough. And, you know, when we struggle and when we're challenged, um, you know, at least for my personality, it's all about what you're doing. And sometimes it's less about the doing and more about the being. 
And that was transformation that literally changed my life. And that's why ultimately I went and started my own business, which now knock on wood is successful. Um, And uh, that could not have happened unless I changed the mindset and the understanding of where I was. And, um, you know, it was a powerful lesson. It wasn't easy, but it was very, very meaningful. Do you know why that is the case that um, you changing, uh, that things didn't really change until you changed how you were as opposed to what you were doing? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think part of it is, you know, I built up this habit of always being in motion and trying to justify my existence because I was insecure by what I did, you know, mm-hmm. being helpful, uh, always being the one to raise their hand, sitting in the front of the class. Oh my God, you were just like me. <laughs> right, right. We have similar journeys. Yes. And, you know, I realized that it was less in the act of, of doing and more in the act of being. And it may sound like semantics, but it's worlds apart. Uh, because when you be, you accept who you are and you don't have to justify yourself. And, um, you know, I think in terms of the doing, since I had this need to do, uh, one of the things my coach really talked about was meditation. And meditation isn't right for everyone. Uh, some people use exercise, some people use yoga, uh, some people use uh, writing. Uh, but for me, I started down this path of meditating. And um, I think. It just raised my set point. It got me to a place where I wasn't so reactionary and I could stay in this state of just being present and being, you know, I hate to use the word, it's so cliche, mindful. But when you actually experience it, it's life-changing. We've talked about this before, right? Where you, if you are really present in the moment, you can sit at a table where there are conversations happening and you just observe, mm. and you recognize things that you otherwise have never seen before, and you start to see through people. And I think you know this is something you do extremely well. That's why you've been so helpful to so many, which is being present. You can see why people are acting the way they're acting, right? Like, hey, this person over here is just talking about how great they are because they're really insecure, and I can see that. And I didn't see it before. Because we're in our own heads, we're thinking about, I don't know, what's for dinner or something else and you're not present. So the, the art of being actually takes a lot of work. And the way that I got there personally was through med- meditation and observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just one example, I think, of really trying to discern how ultimately I could get to a place where I, where I was feeling more me and I wasn't feeling desperate or unfulfilled or, um, just out of place. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the, the being versus doing, uh, being actually, it's funny that you say that actually takes a lot of effort. It takes it. It's a, there's a trick to it to learn because we're used to staying in a state of doing it's actually entirely effortless by definition. Uh, mm-hmm. just being. But of course, we're so used to putting effort in that actually to sit and be effortless feels weird till you get the hang of it. Um, I would just, my, my, the only thing that I would challenge uh, is, in what you just said is that meditation isn't for everyone. Uh, not everybody likes it. 
and not everybody <laughs> wants to do it. And that's totally fine. That's fair. That's totally it's fair. Really, it is because people like, oh, well, I really like to uh, do this instead. And it's like, well, really, you just don't want to do. Don't blame you. Again, not everybody has to. I hated meditation for most of my, again, I've done this for almost 20 years and I, it took me many years to, to, I would sit there and I would just think, and I was like, this isn't even meditating. What am I even doing? This isn't meditating. Uh, until I cleared enough of my bullshit away through the mm-hmm. process work that I now teach, which is great. And that I could actually sit and like tolerate my own presence, which is exactly what you're talking about, about witnessing in order to sit by present, not like gone mentally sit by present and really witness. I mean, a, a dinner party can be fascinating without you ever saying a word. You can just sit there and like watch these dynamics of people like, oh, this is interesting. Like, oh, I wonder, huh, hmm, hmm. Mm-hmm. And just noticing, mm-hmm. noticing and just uh, and all of this information you just take in and and perception, like whether or not you know that guy's insecure, you might just feel a little like, boy, it feels like that guy's working to to be seen a certain way like that's interesting and that may indicate mm-hmm. that there's insecurity or there or something like that and when Absolutely. you this is kind of an advanced question but when you are in that situation uh and you're observing let's say people at a table um and you see let's say you have a a, a perception because you can perceive it differently right um a perception that somebody might be kind of insecure or having some sort of dynamic how do you perceive it I perceive it as a way that I probably was. That's fair. That's fair. But I mean, right? like, uh, like as a sense, like, do you feel it? Oh, or can yeah. You see a dynamic, or can you? No, it's more of a visceral uh-huh. feeling or sense that you're getting. It's really hard to describe. Mm. It really is hard to describe. But it is. Um, I don't want to sound all magical, but it's almost like a sixth sense. Yeah. Right. Like you've just been training and training to kind of um, notice what it's like to be present, be in the moment. And you see all of these other people who are living outside this very moment. And it's almost surreal in a way. Like you're outside a house, like while looking in the windows. Yes. Live their lives. You're like, this is nobody knows what they're nobody's here. Who's here? That's a great analogy. And, you know, it made me think, Dominique, while we were talking, like, you know, two analogies that I love to use, you know, really around this idea of meditation and being present. Um, The first is, you know, I was asked, um, how do you catch a dog? Which, you know, you'd think is a riddle, right? But if you think about it, for those who, you know, have dogs or love dogs or had dogs, um, you can't chase after a dog because what's going to happen? They have quite as many legs as you. Right, right. They're out of here. (laughs) Exactly. See ya. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to let the dog come to you. Mm. But we spend most of our lives chasing dogs. That used to be my life, right? Um, instead of just being present and being mindful and letting things come to you. And, yeah. you know, the, the other analogy, which is similar is, you know, think about, um, uh, two kids in a toy store. One is screaming up and down, mommy, mommy, buy me this, buy me this. Right. And then the other one is three aisles over sitting on the floor playing with logos and they're in their own world. They're present. They're just <laughs> happy. They're Right. Who's the one who's ultimately going to walk out of that store with a bag of Legos? 
it's not going to be the kid jumping. Well, I mean, some parents give in, but for the most part, it's, it's that, that kid who is just living in the moment and they're being present. And again, it's another way to think about, um, how to get to this place where we can be more observant, uh, more present and really, really see and understand you're asking, is it a feeling? Is it a, I think it is an understanding Mm. that you can only get there by kind of climbing that mountain of, of knowledge, right? Learning the process, learning to get rid of the garbage, clearing things out. Is it something you can learn your way to? Well, when I say learn, I, I, I don't use learn in terms of a textbook. Yeah. I say learn from an experiential. Experiential. Sense. Yeah. Because otherwise you're doing, right? If you're learning, yes. you're getting knowledge, that's just more doing. You're getting smarter. Right. I have right. this happen a lot. People are like, oh, I have approach anxiety and they know their, uh, their you know, uh, their psychological um, structure and they know their, oh, I'm anxious, I'm anxious attachment and I'm disorders and they know all of their all the names. I don't know half that shit. It doesn't matter. I'm watching you do it in the moment, mm-hmm, but they're mm-hmm. just, they're doing, so they're very well educated about their issue, but they can't get out of it. But in five mm-hmm. seconds of, uh, well, hold on, look, let's just like be here with what is. And all of a sudden they see it in a whole different way. And well, that's the whole anxiety around, you know, meeting other people or public speaking. You're, you're entering that situation and you're already judging right? Oh, the last time I did this, I embarrassed myself. Oh, you know, people are judging me, right? And when, when those experiences happen, you're not present. You're truly not present. You're yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. You can't be. <laughs> right? you, you literally can't be. If, if you are, if you are connected to, right, there's an energetic attachment here. If there's, there's a connected to your past experience or the idea in your head, the scenario in your head that everybody's going to laugh at you and you're going to be humiliated and you're going to die or be ostracized mm-hmm. or whatever, then you are attached to that. You're, you're choosing that, connecting to that instead of connecting to the here and now where literally that nightmare scenario is not happening. Mm-hmm. And so we're literally choosing to suffer. I mean, here, let's bring it back to like meeting, uh, to meeting women, right? You're like, this is going to go badly. She's already, she's out of my league. I mean, she's out of my league of all the stupid statements to make about a stranger you've never met because she's aesthetically appealing in this moment, in that light, and you go, oh, she's too good for me. Mm-hmm. She could be a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> she could have just hit the puppy right before she walked right. in the door. Mm-hmm. She could mm-hmm. be maleficent, and you're just like, oh, man, she's blonde. I definitely don't deserve her. And it's just like, where is your priority, right? You're, this person you don't even know is, is already better than you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of self-judgment. And I think that's really the path too. whether you're thinking about it personally or professionally. Uh, I, you know, I can tell you starting my own business, right? Like what, what makes me think I can start my own business, mm. right? That's what a lot of people say and they never do. And, you know, spending, uh, 15 years in corporate America, I can tell you that there are people there who could be wildly successful running their own businesses because they're smarter than everybody else. They have the experience, they're buttoned up, right? They could make it happen, but why don't they move? Why don't they leave? Cause they don't think they can do it. You know, I'll tell you a great story. This was another, uh, uh, and I think I may have shared this one with you. If not, um, it was really, really meaningful. And, uh, so, 
talked about some of the things I did. So I've written a number of books. And back in the day, I was really early in the circuit on some of these, um, uh, they didn't call them webinars at the time, maybe they did. But you know, we would do these online events. And uh, in internet marketing, a lot of people would sell stuff through online events. And I didn't sell stuff. I wasn't selling a course, but I had a book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was talking about the topic of the book. I was on this one webinar and I felt pretty good about it. And I said, you know, at the end of the webinar, um, if you'd like more, go to amazon.com and look up my book title. So later that night, I get an email from a guy by the name of Greg Caesar. And, um, I didn't really think anything of it. And in the middle of the night, I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I think that's Greg Caesar. And in internet marketing circles, you know, 15 years ago, Greg Caesar was one of the first guys to make money teaching other people how to manage Google ads, right? Like that was his business. And he almost really started that whole training business. Like he was a big big shot. And um, I woke up and I thought to myself, oh my God, I... this is crazy. So the next day I, I wake up and he left me his um, phone number. I was going to call him. The phone rings before I even call him. And he's like, hey, is this Mike? I'm like, uh, who is this? He's like, it's Greg. <laughs> it's like, Greg. Greg. It's Greg. It's, Greg who? It's G-Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Greg who? So So he's like, oh, it's Greg Caesar. I'm like, Greg Caesar? Like I was almost kind of in shock, right? Because uh-huh. it was so out of the blue and I didn't know this guy. And, and he says to me, he said, you know, uh, I was on the webinar last night. I wanted to buy your course. You didn't have anything like what's up with that. And I was like, you know, and I was kind of making excuses or whatever. He said, we're going to work together. Call me. And he gave me a day and a time. And I called him. So fast forward, you know, he became a mentor of mine and he taught me the importance of really working on yourself, on mindset, on um, really increasing your confidence and doing these things. And the lesson that I'll never forget, and I still tell the story, it's probably now 20 years ago. So he says to me, he said, we're going to build a course online. We're going to sell the course. And I said, I don't know how to do that. He's like, don't worry about it. I'm going to show you. He said, have you ever sold anything online before? And I said, well, you know, I've sold my book online. He said, well, how much did you make? I said, $500. And to be honest with you, Dominique, I think I sold like six books at the time. You know, I like maybe made 12 bucks. <laughs> um, and uh, he said, I said, $500. He said, uh, well, um, why haven't you made more? I said, I don't know. I, you know, I don't have a list. I really don't know how to build a course. And I'm like going on and on. And he says, um, so why do you think that is? Why, why is it that you think you haven't made more money online? There was just like really uncomfortable pause. It felt like it was a two minute pause, like he was waiting for me to answer. And then he chimes in and he, and he said, I'll never forget this. He said, you haven't made more money because you don't believe you think you can. And think about that for a moment. Like here's a guy, I mean, he was, you know, one of the first you know, seven figure internet marketing guys calling some dude out of the blue. And he's basically sharing his biggest secret, which is the only reason he was able to do it is because he thought he could. Mm -hmm. So to conclude the story, so we went on to build this course 
And in the first night that we launched the course, and this is again, 10 or 15 years ago, first night we made $24,000. Jesus H Christ. What's this guy's number again? (laughs) (laughs) And I share that because it was a seminal moment in my life. I didn't think that was possible. But once I learned that it was, I went on to find that there are a lot of people doing this all day, every day. Mm -hmm. But because my mindset was never there, I wasn't open to it. And when you're not open and you're closed off, it does not, you can't, right. You can't experience it. Yep. That's that's a hundred percent true. You you see that everywhere. I have a uh, power of the mind. I did an episode called power of the mind. And I talk about this exact same thing uh, with athletes. You know how somebody will break, uh, nobody can do a, I don't know, four minute mile. I'm not right. a runner. Roger Bannister. Sure. Bam. Thank you. Somebody did it. Nobody could do it. That was the human, that was the human limit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mindset's important. Definitely believe in yourself, but there's some things humans can't do either in parentheses or literal. I don't know. Cause that's not my field, but there was something people, humans couldn't do it. Then a human did it. Then everybody started doing it. And I remember the the um, quadruple LUTs or the quadruples, one of the spins uh, in figure skating. And nobody mm-hmm. could do four spins or in a, a backflip. And then um, Hamill, Mark Hamill. Uh, no, not Mark Hamill. Wrong place. Um, Scott Hamill. Scott Hamill. Thank you. Yes. Um, what, he did it. He did the backflip uh, in the Olympics. And suddenly he landed it. And suddenly everybody was doing it. And it's like, and it's, it's really, it's so literal. It sounds, as you said, so cliche. It sounds so, you know, have an attitude of gratitude. It's like, do you know how different your life gets instantaneously when you have a literal attitude of gratitude? Like, you know, and it's like this stupid thing or we assume it's stupid because it's everywhere and it's easy, which leads to another, uh, shows us another limiting belief of like, this this should be hard or this is like, you know, like the, that's why I said something, I apologize for contradicting you, but you know, with the mountain of knowledge, it's like a lot of people think that they're like, oh, well, I have to meditate for years. You don't. I just created uh, her testimonial will be coming out soon. I had a, a client that I just started working with last week um, whose um, marriage was uh, really falling uh, falling apart, you know, hadn't had sex in you know very, very long time, uh, no connection, no whatever. We didn't even talk about that. We spoke about other issues, and within the week, I just saw her again today, she she's completely turned around. Her relationship with her husband is turned around. Her relationship with her children is turned around. Uh, her, her friends and her parents are already treating her differently without her even addressing the issues with them directly. Like th- Everything can turn around in a very, very short period of time, and that's something that I emphasize a lot in the show because it's very rarely talked about, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the incredible ease with which things really can uh, with a with a, a mindset shift, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a perspective change. It's so true. It's so true. And you know, even if you think about changes that happen, right? You say, "Well, it took years to make that change. Did it really, or did it take years for you to get to that point where, where you, you were changed your mind?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Right. So, yeah. um, so tell me about your uh, your relationship. So you're you're married, yes. I am happily married. Uh, just celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary oh my uh, last year. Yeah. Two beautiful kids. And uh, yeah. And you know, my big lesson, I think what I learned, it's communication, which I'm going to make a generalization. It's not easy for guys. Uh, that's probably insensitive for me to make that generalization. Uh, but I can say, <laughs> but I can say personally for me, 
Um, I'm not good at it. I'm still working on it. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I have someone who can pull it out of me uh, when it's absolutely necessary. Uh, but that's the key. And, and it is appreciation, right? Because there doesn't, if you live with someone, just living with someone, they can be, you know, the most incredible person in the world, something is going to piss you off, right? <laughs> and um, if you're in this continual uh, mindset of appreciation and gratitude, that stuff doesn't annoy you. It just doesn't. It's just not part of your mindset. So um, yeah, you know, I think for me, from a relationship standpoint, what's even, I would say, the same or or uh, as important are the relationships I have outside of that relationship with mm -hmm. a spouse because, you know, it took me, I think, until I got older to really appreciate the relationship I have with friends because I don't have a ton of friends, but I have some really good, close friends. And um, I think I got there by learning through my own relationship uh, the importance of that and being appreciative and, uh, you know, it's okay, it's okay to tell people you love them, that they're important to you and being, um, what's vulnerable. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. What right? is that word? <laughs> that really important word <laughs> that no one wants to admit to. Um, I'm actually yeah. my friend structure. I have lots and lots of friends, but I don't like any of them. <laughs> Are they listening to this podcast? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I make them listen, uh, or I, I refuse to, to be in contact. Um, how did you, uh, we haven't touched on any of this, so if there's any of this you don't want to talk about, please just let me know. Uh, I'm an open book. What you see is what you get, so. Okay, so tell me about your relationship with, uh, with women. Was there ever a time when you uh, struggled? Was there any kind of a uh, breakthrough? Did you ever have mm, confidence issues or issues that kind of something that maybe was, was, uh, keeping you single or keeping you in the wrong relationships uh, that you kind of discovered or, or moved through? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's your answer. Um, like confidence and married? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, look, I think we all kind of deal with those things from time to time. You know, for me, when I was in college, it was my height. So I'm five foot five. Hmm. Um, a little too. Maybe five, five and a half. I don't know. But I'm a small guy. Um but I'm cute. I mean, everybody can see me on this. Before. Um, but, you know, I struggled with that. I really did because everybody around me, there were these huge guys, but a lot of them were total assholes. And um, I didn't appreciate the being. I only appreciated, you know, physical things. And I said, I'm short, they're tall. So what chance do I have? Now, of course, you know, I grew up and I realized that there are plenty of special, beautiful people who are my height. Right. So like it's a moot, it's a moot point, um, you know, as you know. So uh, but when you're in it again, it goes back to what we were talking about with mindset. Sometimes you can't get out of your own way. And the things that we're most critical of are the things that other people absolutely love mm -hmm. about us. Yeah. And we forget about that or or people don't tell us that. So we don't know that it's true. You know, one of the things that always helped me, um, one of my buddies, he said, you know, we kind of talked about uh, attractiveness and the attractiveness scale. And he said, you're plus or minus two. He said, always remember that. So if you think, and this is great for listeners, a good activity. If you want to rate yourself 
uh, in terms of attractiveness on a scale of one to 10. Pick a number, right? That's subjective, but add two points to it. So if you think you're a six, you're actually an eight. And that's because how we view ourselves is not how other people view us. It just isn't. And uh, it's funny because in marketing, one of the things we talk about is market research of one. And the concept is born out of the same idea, which is what we think as marketers, you know, when we put ourselves in the shoes of our customers, couldn't be further from the truth. And this has been proven. It's been proven when people go into a store and, uh, or maybe even a market research company with those double sided windows, you know, those dark windows where like there's a team on one side and then there's like a table of consumers on the other side. And, you know, it's like the Doritos commercial on one side of the window. I've only seen that on TV. Is that, is that yeah, really- <laughs> it actually exists. Um, not during COVID times, of course, they're doing Zoom meetings, but- <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's like the Doritos commercial where on one side they're like, oh man, I hope they like these chips. The, I, we don't think these chips are any good. And then they taste the chip and they're like out of control, right? They think it's the best thing they've ever tasted. And it's because we are often the worst judge of our own character in some ways, obviously again, another generalization, but you know, I think once I worked through that and realized that, I've got all these other things going for me. It's not just the physical. It's the, uh, I happen to be a giver. I'm a really nice guy. I'm thoughtful. Uh, My wife trained me on a lot of this, so I wasn't always that way, but I think I've gotten better. Um, But when you look at all of these other qualities that you possess, um, it really does change your mindset. And I think it does help in confidence. And I think, you know, the other thing too, you kind of talked about uh, that blonde in the bar, Part of it is putting yourself out there and being okay with the with the result. Yeah, and a lot that's hard for a lot of people, right? I mean, you see that I'm sure in your coaching. Yeah, but here we are again, right back to being versus doing. When you're attached to the result, there's a way of doing. I'm going to go over there. I'm get that girl's number. Funny how we associate getting the girl's number with getting her as a girlfriend. But well, let's, let's put that aside for a second. Right. Like, like that's the win. Like, well, nothing's happened yet. She might block your number. Like, I'm not sure how that's the, that's a sort of a, a guy, a guy win there. But anyway, so, okay, I'm going to get her attracted, right? I'm going to go over there. And, and then if she gives me her number, it's a win. And if she doesn't, it's a lose. So I'm either going to be happy or I'm going to be sad. And my happiness now rests in the balance of, again, a woman you've never spoken to in your entire life. <laughs> Excuse me. Your happiness, your very, uh, your very okayness with yourself, you have placed outside of you, have handed on a platter. That's what you're really handing her when you when you go over. Mm-hmm. Give away your power uh, in this way. Whereas if you're coming from a state of, oh my God, you know, you're either you're, <coughs> sorry, I have a cough, but I also have two negative COVID tests. So I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Old. Everybody calm down. Everybody, everything's fine. Um, and so, uh, and so she, um, and so you're handing her a power. And so, whereas if you're, if you have a state of being that is, I'm having a great time in this club tonight and I'm really, uh, having a great time approaching women and it's, it's within, then there's nothing she can say that's going to shake that. You're going to have a wonderful time anyway. And, you know, I, I think the other thing too is uh, changing the mindset 
from all or nothing to, hey, I'm going to meet some really cool people tonight. Yes. Instead of I got to, it shouldn't be, and this is my own perspective. I don't think it should ever be transactional. Mm. You know, it's, it's more about the gray. Like Mm. if I'm going to be happy and I'm content, like my interest is in getting out there and meeting some really cool people, maybe making some friends, maybe just having some good conversations, maybe just enjoying the company. But I'm not going with, hey, I'm going to walk up to some stranger and I'm going to marry that person. Mm -hmm. And I think if you put that pressure on yourself, you're doomed for failure. That's not how these, as you know, Domini, after coaching so many people, that's not how the best relationships happen um, it's a courtship. It takes time and it's really based on being genuine and authentic and, uh, which is what I appreciate about you oh, and you. building that relationship over time. Mm. Um, yeah. And it is kind of funny how in a way it's so cliche guy meets girl in a bar, like, okay, oh, then what? I think that's where you meet people too. Uh, often on, I'll do like a free call with people who are interested in working with me. And um, they'll often say, well, I don't know where to meet women. I mean, I don't want to meet them in bars. Like that's everybody's go-to, whether they want to or not bars. And I don't know. I didn't know they were such social clubs. I, you know, I think, I think there's an idea of what happens in bars and I don't think it usually happens in bars. But I also want to say that what you just said you know, uh, oftentimes the way I hear men phrase things about this kind of dynamic is like the best way to win her. Like, oh, don't come on too strong or don't put too much pressure because then because then she won't win. That process that you're talking about, that getting to know you process, you're interviewing each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not trying to put yourself, not trying to win her once you decide you want her, then, you know, the game is afoot and by all means, you know, chase that filly down. Uh, but like until then, you're also checking her out. You're deciding. And, and in that way, see how I, I then retain my power. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. You are very beautiful. I would like to have lots of sex with you. That I know thus far. Cool. Also, let's just see if I'd like to have a conversation with you over a drink because if I can't stand hearing you talk, then we're just going to leave it at the sex. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And, and it goes back to fulfillment too. I mean, personally, right. So are you looking for a trophy or are you looking for a partner? And, you know, look, but be clear. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for a partner, but really you want a trophy. Then it will lead to unhappiness. Lots of people want to be trophies. Go ahead, find one. That's great. If you want a trophy, great. Everybody's on the same page, whatever relationship you want to have. Awesome. But a lot of people are like, oh, it's not socially acceptable to want a trophy. It's like, well, it is if that's what you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if everybody's on the same page, right? 100%. So if, if you want it to be transactional and people want it to be transactional, great. But we also know that, it, that the two people getting together, they're not always, they don't always have what I call Yumatsu, which is an acronym follow me here, Yumatsu, it's your understanding and my understanding are the same understanding. Oh my God. And I, I stole that. that. That's not mine. I stole it. Full disclosure. But I thought it was kind of cool. And, and it's true, right? When you're interacting with other people, if you're not on the same page, somebody's going to get hurt. Yep. And then we go, here we go, circling back to the, to the communication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, trusting straight up, maybe you don't want to approach her with like, hey, I'm just looking for casual sex. Because interestingly, and I don't know why this is exactly, 
uh, this is, we're leaving my realm here a little bit, but there have been times when I have been very open to casual sex. And yet when someone has approached me, even who I was attracted to and said, I'm looking for casual sex, there is a way in which I wasn't engaged by that. Mm, interesting. I don't, I don't know why that is. That's a Marnie question. Um, because she's a, she, she does more the actual, here's what, you know, here's how you can tell a woman is interested, that type of stuff. And she's okay. Like, yeah. And that's not my realm. I'm like, here's why you keep attracting the wrong people. You know, mm-hmm. here's why you keep, uh, saying you want a partner, but you keep attracting trophies. It's because you think that's what will make you happy. And so you're chasing the wrong thing and you straighten that shit out and suddenly the right partner falls in your lap. So that level of magic I can do, but I don't understand, really understand. <laughs> it's quite, quite fascinating. Well, I love it. You make it so simple. I mean, hey, you have it all figured out, right? It's, it's just this incredible way of like, here's your owner's manual, right? This is what it comes down to. It's like you have this yeah. system and you have no idea how it works. So you keep running into a brick wall and you don't realize that there's a steering wheel. And if you turn the steering wheel, then you go around the brick wall and suddenly, you know, you're mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden that's been there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you, you make a really good point, Domini. So, you know, when we're younger, we have teachers and we have coaches and, you know, as we get older, maybe we have mentors, but that level of guidance somehow disappears after high school, right? And we just go wandering through life, trying to find fulfillment and happiness and a partner and, you know, all these other things. And um, that's why coaching is so important. You know, I, and I can, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast. I mean, I lived oh, this. That enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I lived this, right? I went through, I, I would consider myself from an outside in view when I was, you know, working my way up the ladder in corporate America as very successful. A lot of people would want what I had, but I was miserable. Mm. And it wasn't until I, I woke up from that and had an opportunity. It was kind of like this, um, uh, and I guess I'll tell the story now. So Greg Caesar, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's a mentor of mine. He has this holiday party uh, and I jet set. I fly down for the holiday party. We're up till two or three in the morning. Three hours later, I'm on a plane and I'm back to Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I do it because he's so special to me. Uh, but he has amazing people at this party. It's like the who's who of, of oddly enough, Georgia, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, just went through a runoff election. So- yeah. Well done, Georgia. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was talking to this guy, uh, Ty Cohen, uh, very well known in internet marketing circles. Uh, Kindle Cashflow is his product. Very successful guy and very genuine. Just super, super guy. And I was talking to him about my situation. And he said, oh, you should talk to this coach I've been using um, by the name of, of Len, Len Wright. And um, I said, coach. Like, what is that? Like, is that another adult telling me what I should do? Like I had no, I had zero concept of what a coach does or the benefit of a coach. I was completely ignorant. So long story short, I I started working with Len and it changed my life. I mean, a lot of the things I talk about today, being present, the meditation, um, finding fulfillment, that all came from a coach who met me where I was. And uh, it's like that saying, bloom from where you're planted. And I think that's the advantage that coaches have because they're not living in your world. They don't have the same blinders on. And it's much, well, I shouldn't say much easier because they're trained, but it is easier for that third party individual to look at you objectively and say, I know where you are. I know what's tripping you up. You can't see it. 
I can. So listen to me and follow my guidance. And that's that's the real value. And um, that's what makes it so worthwhile. So um, that's why I applaud what you do and what others do, because uh, it, it takes a certain mindset to do that. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm a great coach. I'm more a player manager, um, but I don't know that I'm a true coach. So, uh, you know, it takes a, a different type of mindset, but it also takes that outward in approach because I think it's just hard to see from where you are what's holding you back. That's exactly right. And I'm so glad that that was the coach that you landed on and that that was the one that you, because in the times when you, not only now, but in the times when you've spoken to me about him in the past, you can tell, I can tell when people talk about their their mentors and the people who influence them, whether they, that person gets it or, or not, and this person clearly gets it. Um, and and I, I wish that all coaches matched that description that you just made, um, mm. but good coaches will. Mm-hmm. And you'll know they're good because other people will say so and you will, you know, there will be a resonance when they speak and, and things like that. Um, and what you, you know, the transformation that you made, I think it's fascinating that you got so far in your career and didn't know what a coach was, you know, it's like how, yeah. how fascinating. And then the shifts that we're making, and you would never have thought to make shifts on that type of level, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. thought on there and been like, well, how are your organizational skills? And like, let's look at team management and let's look at, mm-hmm. you know, mindset can be very mental, which is fine. You know, mental mindset yeah. is very useful also but he went straight to the core i love that shit yeah like, oh, <laughs> well, you in your business how is your soul doing and you're like wow yeah. <laughs> yes that's my kind of follow-up question right there yeah yeah wow talk about being vulnerable right putting it all out there but you know i think part of that too it, because that's a really good observation which is like how could you get as far as you did without really seeing the value or having an experience with a coach and i think the answer is ego it was all ego. It was all, you know, I know more than anybody else and I'm a high achiever and, you know, you work for me. You know, it was like this really sick, twisted kind of mindset um, that when you break free of it, you can actually achieve more and be fulfilled in the process. And who wouldn't want that? And vulnerability again, right? I mean, that's yeah. a shift about about coming from that and like you may have had that tendency but also you were probably surrounded by people who had a similar outlook mm-hmm, now like mm-hmm. now like your, your boss and colleagues were like so you know have you have you thought of meditation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or valium right? one of the two yeah <laughs> same thing sure. <laughs> yeah yeah so you know a, a question i had for you I, I don't mean to turn the uh turn the tight the whatever it's called turning the whatever on the presenter, but yeah, no, I'm curious because I think, you know, as I continue, continue to evolve, I think about from a business perspective, how, you know, a lot of these lessons can transfer. So, you know, building rapport with prospects, building rapport with clients, building client relationships, you know, I think a lot of that comes to being open. So, you know, my question to you is what are some of the more transformative insights that you share with your clients that kind of get them to start to change that mindset uh, and really kind of open up to this new, you know, a new possibility? Well, the, the misalignment there in your words is these skills transfer to, there is no transfer. Uh, because you are how you do one thing is how you do everything. When you 
you are who you are, whether you are doing client relations or you're doing uh, marketing and staff management or you're doing, you know, you're successful or you're not, you are doing you. And you is manifesting as a business, however it's doing, successful, not successful, whatever, relationship, successful, not relationship. Your life has a certain structure. When you change the you that is emanating that life, the life changes on its own. So there is no like, oh, I learned some meditation. Now I can apply this skill to client relations. I will correct myself a little bit. In the beginning stages, there is a, a time where you begin, you're like, oh, I've, I've learned to observe my thoughts rather than race away with them. And I get nervous talking to clients, for example. Mm -hmm. And so I, I then lose my, my um, I get ungrounded or I lose my train of thought and I sound unprofessional. and I lose clients. Let's say that's the, let's say that's the issue, for example. Um, so then you will, you, then you learn this like, oh, maybe I could just stay centered and, uh, and receive what they're saying. Really listen, right? I have a skill called act active listening that I teach in my courses, which is like listening with your entire body. Mm. Right. So not only are you like not thinking about what you're going to say next, um, not only are you sort of hearing like, oh, OK, it's my job to listen to women when she talks. OK, all right, all right I got to do that, um, which can be difficult. I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but really going a step further and like just sitting and observing and just soaking up what is being said, literally, like listen with your legs, like as you're listening to this right now, like listen to, to what I'm saying with your legs. And what is that like? And you begin to receive information in a different way. Mm -hmm. So in that way, you could practice that skill with clients, yes. But when the transformation actually happens, there is no transfer of skill because you emanate differently. Mm -hmm. So I'll use an example from <clears throat> a client, the client I mentioned earlier, who I just started working with in this incredibly transformational week that she just had. One of the things is she mentioned that she had a, a friend who would often come to her with um, a lot of drama or upset. And uh, when she when her friend called her this week, she stopped before she spoke and she asked her, uh, do you have a minute to speak? Instead of like coming on the phone and just, you know, kind of, you know, verbally vomiting, right? All of these sort of, <clears throat> this sort of energy. And she still had that energy, et cetera. This woman had not spoken to her previously since on my session with her she had no um physical experience with this woman since she'd made the transformation with me but because she had made a huge transformation people were responding in a different way mm -hmm. automatically like your life just shifts that's a that's a thing of magic and there were like 10 other examples of that so if, if you're like mm -hmm. you know a little dismissing or like oh that's a coincidence like uh, mm, too, too much data um but but the things will happen. Your client relations will shift automatically when you change your mind in a way because there's maybe this kind of interconnectedness of shit that we don't mm -hmm. understand and can't quite wrap our little sweet, adorable, primitive human minds around. Um, Absolutely. But there's evidence of it everywhere, really, you know? And so I think you, you emanate differently. That's what I teach people. That's why I do inner work. I mean, that's why I'm literally a dating coach, a very successful one. And I just told you I didn't know anything about male female dynamics. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know how to get a how to get a woman to be attracted to you. I don't. That's an outside in skill. I don't have mm -hmm. that pickup mm -hmm. artist stuff, right? Um, which I think will probably work, or probably some of the techniques that will work, and a lot of them won't. Whether they achieve your your goal, you know, needs to be examined ahead of time. But it's 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 a it's a uh, a tool which is great. Um, what I know is that when you 
walk into a room with the kind of confidence that you emanate now, right? As opposed to either the maybe overconfidence before of mm-hmm. this life's my bitch. That would have been a turnoff to me if I saw that in a club before we spoke walking in the door, mm-hmm. but with this sort of calm, cool, let them come to me type of way, even if you're approaching, you have kind of a let them come to me type of feel that would have drawn me. And I would have been like, who's that bitch over there? <laughs> hold up, hold up. Who's the, who's the cutie, right? So that like, to me that, uh, so, so that changes your dating experience without ever even involving the woman in the conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so valuable about what you teach, Domini, because I can point to examples, especially in this last year, where, for example, instead of um, chasing prospects, I do an initial pitch. You know, I have, well, I mean, that initial pitch is based on help me understand what you're looking for, and I'll see if. If I can be a value, they're a good fit, right? Yeah. There, right. There's that whole process, and then after I review the proposal with them, I'm done. If they want to do business with me, great. If not, great, because there's always a bigger reason. I, I always feel that way, and you know, it's been it's been transformational in my business, but even more valuable, it's been transformational for me, yeah. because you you leave this constant sense of desperation, like where's the next client going to come from to, you know what? I need help. Like I can't handle all the work. (laughs) And you're like, wait, I don't understand. It's not supposed to work that way. Like if you want to close clients and make money, aren't you supposed to like hit the phones and chase people down and strong arm them and just no, actually the opposite is true. And that's why I keep going back to where you live, which is it's all about you and working on yourself. And that changes the world around you. And people who get that, who understand that, really live this law of attraction. Um, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense, but, but that is ultimately the answer. It's not out there, it's in here. Yeah, isn't that fucking crazy? It really is. It's so counterintuitive. But that's that's why I sort of, I guess that's why I called it the art of attraction. It's just like, literally, how does one attract what you want? Not how do you go out there and get it? That's not attracting. That's chasing. Might work mm-hmm. in some scenarios. Doesn't work in a lot of life. But as you said, you flip that switch. How, um, what happened with your business? Uh, you mentioned your, your, your business increased and your happiness kind of increased. What was that shift like? Like, where did you go? Can you give us like, I don't know, a percentage or like a a numbers type of thing of where you were before and after that? Yeah. Over the last year, my business increased close to 70%. Yeah, 70%. And to be fair, that was a couple of large clients Mm -hmm. and a bunch of small clients. Mm -hmm. But those large clients, I couldn't, again, it, it was all mindset, right? I couldn't see myself working with these larger clients because I'm like, you know, who am I? I got this, you know, small little agency. Um, you know, it's a total of eight people, but there are agencies that have hundreds of people. Like, why would this company work with me? As opposed to, you know what? I and part of it is I think just through learning, through interacting with other agencies and seeing that the people who are managing these accounts, who are delivering the services, they they were no better than I was. 
And when you realize that, it's like looking behind the curtain. We have these, it's kind of like when you're a freshman in high school and you see this, the cool seniors sitting at yeah. the senior table, right? And you think they're all that. And then when you're a senior, like you don't feel that way. You don't feel like you're fitting that image, right? Yeah. And, and, and life is like that. We have just the wrong idea about so many things. Yes. And um, yeah, so I think that was that was the result of the transformation. And the fulfillment part is is really even more important to me. Um, and I think, you know, and look, people should have money goals. I think it's important, but they've proven that your happiness, um, once you make $58,000 a year, whether you're making a hundred thousand or a million, it really doesn't make a difference. Increase at all. Right. How crazy is that? And you just said it, you're, you had all the things that people want, that people mm -hmm. think they want. You had that life. Yeah. You got there and then you were like, Ugh. yeah, I mean, I'll give you another great example. So, um, so growing up, I always wanted a sports car. Like that was my boyhood dream. I had pictures That's of Ferraris funny. on my wall. So eventually I got to the point where I could buy a sports car, sports car. So I bought a Porsche and I had, I had the car about, I had a uh, uh, Cayman, a Porsche Ooh. Cayman. It's now the 718. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sitting at a light. This is maybe like two months after I have the car. So I'm sitting at the light, you know, feeling like big shot ego. I'm driving a sports car. And I look around at all the cars around me. And I realize that no one's looking at me. <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> and in that moment, I said, you know what? I'm not keeping the car. Oh my God. Like I, I re and I actually had it for two years, but I realized it was all ego and it was empty. Mm. It's like, I wanted this thing because I thought that this external thing was going to make me feel important and fulfilled. And nope, mm. nope, did not. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a cool car. I loved it. It was great. I'll probably own another one at some point, but um, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't fit the bill for me. And another valuable life lesson. And you know, I think um, we spend too much time in life chasing, and uh, you know, that's not. It's not the answer. That is such a. I, I really appreciate you sharing that because. <clears throat> Because everybody says that shit, but it's different. I got goosebumps when you said that nobody's looking at me. And I was like, I, I resonate with that. Not that experience. I have had that kind of transformational experience where you look around and you're like, oh, wait. And, and like that, that like, oh, wait, nobody's looking at me. I bought this so people would look at me and mm -hmm. nobody's looking at me. I, like, I just felt that through my body. I'm like, oh, shit, I've been there. Yeah. I'm so hard to get X and I'm looking around and it's like, I don't, I have X and it's not the thing that I thought. Um, and also that like, if you owned another one, you would own it in a different way. You would have it for a different reason. It doesn't Absolutely. matter. They're great. They're fucking great. I have a 53 Bentley in my, uh, in my fucking garage right now. Um, I love wow. cars. I want to have lots of, I think cars are great. I'm like, that's why I'm like, what model did you have? What year did you have? What yeah. <laughs> I want to know. Um, so I'm, I'm really into that. But again, it's like how you, you are trying to, and, and gentlemen listening, 
I know a lot of people who have come to me because they wanted a girlfriend. It turns out they want a girlfriend for reasons like you wanted that Porsche. Mm. So they didn't, they don't, you know, they don't necessarily want a girlfriend. They want the, not as quite a status symbol. They just think that will make them happy. Mm. You know, it's not like they're, they, they want an arm piece. I mean, arm candy is great. Highly recommend. That's wonderful. But like, you know, what, what they really are looking for is external happiness and validation, just as you said. And that's just not where it comes from. You deserve that 100%. And you can have it is within your reach. I will help you. But that's not the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so true. And it's funny because I'm thinking about uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Holly. And um, we were... Uh, we found out that uh, a mutual connection of ours just bought this incredible home in somewhere. And I looked it up online and it was like a, a $1.3 million home. And this thing was beautiful. And I texted Holly. I'm like, I can't believe, you know, so-and-so spent this for this house. Um, and she said, it reminds me what's something to the effect of, what a good manifester this guy was, mm. right? It wasn't like, oh, I'm jealous he's got this house. It wasn't like, oh, I wish I could afford that house. It was, wow, think about what he was able to to attract into his life. Mm. And it was like a good reminder of it's not about what's out there. <laughs> it's about what's in here. Yeah. Yeah. And not so, how happy somebody looks, but how happy they actually feel when you ask them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, Domini, having gone through all these experiences through business and personal life, you know, I, I never judge a book by its cover anymore. Smart. Smart. I used to do that too. I used to walk around because I was a mess of insecurities inside and everybody looked so confident and happy. And I just assumed they were confident and happy and they are not. They are I not. Asked them eventually, and they are not. I mean, <laughs> the street, the people you think are successful, the people who have girlfriends. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. They have such a wonderful relationship. Mm, check in. Mm -hmm. check in. Absolutely. Want maybe not. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true, largely because I experienced it, but also because I mean, you know, you look at that guy who's got who's a tech millionaire and he's got three homes um, and no true authentic friends. <laughs> that guy's not fulfilled. Trust me. He's yeah. trying to fill his emptiness with drugs and cars and women and whatever else. Um, that's, that's not the way to live. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, that's why I think this work is so important and so meaningful. And I think that's why, you know, you get the results you get because you understand that, uh, when you transform the person, uh, you transform their experience outside of themselves and uh, that's a game changer. It's huge. Yes. And then you can have drugs and cars and women and be completely fulfilled. <laughs> Bam. There you go. It's not coming from a place of I'm trying to fill an empty hole. I am whole. And boy, does that sound like fun. Or maybe it doesn't. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what the freedom that you then have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that goes to what you were talking about earlier with regard to kind of this attitude of appreciation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you were to sit down every morning and write down 10 things that you truly appreciate and feel what that feels like, uh, you're not going to be empty inside. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we don't, we often don't stop to do that. 
right? And I'm not saying the, the physical act, I, I, although I think that's actually probably a good exercise. Maybe Absolutely. I'll start doing that. And you said it correctly too. You're like, write it down and then feel what it feels like to have them. Actually, you can't bullshit gratitude. You can't bullshit much of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel, feel the actual gratitude. And you sit with each thing until you feel it. And you're exactly right. That's a fabulous exercise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things too, that, you know, I was confused about as I started down this path when, you know, I, my coach was saying to me, you have to be, you have to live in, in the present moment. And I'm like, well, then how am I going to get, right? It was all about getting stuff. Like, then how am I going to get the car, the house, the whatever? Yeah. And he, he would always say to me, I remember this, he would say, set the intention, Yes. It's like, well, what the F does that mean? Like, like I was just, I just didn't yeah. get it. And I still don't, I guess, to some extent, but you know, part of in my class, in my course, how does that your intention? Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah. you have the answer. Um, yeah. And, 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 but, but these are the things we need to, to work through and we need to learn. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's again, the value of continuous learning because it helps expand who you are yes. and ultimately what it means to you. So Yes, because it's growth and you become more you and then boom, fulfillment is just on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right, so we're going over a little bit here. I want to uh, go into how people can hire you. I want you to commercialize. Um, you mentioned multiple books. I'd love for you to just put out their titles um, so that people, if people are interested, and then how can people hire you if, if in fact you're looking for more uh, for more business and more clients, um, how can people contact you and, and who is your ideal client? Who do you want to work with? Awesome. Thank you so much. So uh, my business is Big Fin SEO. So you can go to bigfinseo.com. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with me, uh, you could certainly reach me there or you can reach me through uh, LinkedIn, uh, which is a great place to connect. Also through Twitter, I'm M. Fleischner, F-L-E-I-S-C-H-N-E-R. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely open to uh, uh, working with people who are looking to improve their online reputation in particular. Uh, That's something that we do. We're also a full digital agency. So we do SEO and paid search uh, and other things related to helping companies get more leads uh, and building their brand online. So uh, that's me. I also have a podcast as well for the marketers out there. Uh, I know that's not the core audience of your show, but I'm on uh, the digital freelancers. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And um, uh, I think that's uh, pretty much it. I'm there. So if you guys Google me, you'll find me. Good. Please do. Um, I am actually, as you're you're speaking, I'm I'm already... uh, planning on working with you. Uh, we haven't done that just yet. I would work with you just because I just like the way you, uh, I like the way you do business. Um, and so I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, definitely reach out to Michael. If you have any difficulty finding him, reach out to me. I will put you in touch. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, not just for your time and for joining me, but for, um, showing up in a really powerful way. Um, that's, uh, I'm realizing now primarily why I really uh, wanted to have you on as a guest is because, um, it's funny <laughs> to be super transparent here. Uh, I forgot what you do. I don't, cause we don't really talk very much about your actual right. business. That's true. Topic. I had to look it up, um, before. And I like, didn't even understand. I was like, oh, I'll ask him on the show, whatever. Um, because that wasn't, you know, that's, that's not where, uh, the value comes for me to me. 
you hold yourself and your masculinity and your femininity in a really uh, beautiful balance. And I can tell that you've worked really hard. And uh, fortunately, because a lot of people work hard, but they don't have the right guidance. And so they don't get very far. Mm. Did have the right guidance and uh, that real um, uh, determination uh, for growth. And it, it really shows. And so that's really, I, I really appreciate you modeling that uh, for my listeners. And I appreciate you. And uh, I'm better off for having had this hour plus with you. So mm -hmm. uh, it's been a pleasure, Dominique. Thank you so much. Mm, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, have a great night. All right. You too. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Uh, that was such a great conversation. If you have uh, comments um, or questions that you would like to ask, I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to me on uh, Facebook, Dominique Drew. You can go to, uh, to my contact page, dominiedrew.com. Uh, please download, subscribe, comment. You can find uh, videos that I did on YouTube. Um, and so uh, really um, reach out if there's any interest in, uh, if you'd like to know more about what it's like to work with me. I have, um, I'm currently doing individual sessions, which I don't usually do. Um, I do uh, shorter courses, eight weeks, longer courses, 12 weeks. And there's really a lot of ways to, uh, to get out of your own way. There is help out there. And I really want you to to uh, to know that that with just a f the the right help as you've as Michael has modeled and and um, told us wonderful stories about today um, with with the right help your process is accelerated massively and you can achieve what you want a lot sooner than maybe you think you can so if you uh, would like to find out more about that there is a link uh, in this podcast episode in the description please reach out and we'll get on the call all right thanks so much see you on the next one guys. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.